Welcome to the Grow to Amazing podcast. This is Tony Mays, your host. I am very happy to be with you today and very thankful for everyone that's tuning in. Today, I have two people that I'm just starting to get to know, so this might be an interesting episode, but their names are Rebecca Rouse and Joel Del, Del Rosario. Uh, they are the founders and owners of a fitness group called Semper Stronger. They are both United States Marines. Uh, Joel is active duty. Rebecca is if it's retired or uh, was not retired. Right. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> it's just a supportive spouse. I'm, yeah, I'm just oh, just a supportive spouse. spouse. I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah. thought you actually were. I mean, she could be, but you could have been. Yeah, yeah yep, definitely. Been. So I'm very happy to have them here today. I got familiar with them uh, kind of from how you uh, got to be sponsored by Jocko and Jocko Podcast and 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 Origin and and just kind of the publicity that came along with that and just inspired by their workouts and their attitude and just the way that they that they took things by the horns through COVID and and built starting to build a business. So we'll talk about my challenges that they're going to help me with a little bit later on, but I wanted to give them a chance to introduce themselves. So Rebecca, can you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. Thanks again so much for having us on. It's a great yes. great to put a face to the name now that we've <laughs> social media and through Semper Stronger. So yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit of my background, um, I grew up uh, doing competitive gymnastics. So that's kind of where I got my foundation for athletics and strength and also discipline, which kind of was instilled in me from a young age as a young sure. gymnast. Um, I started at age three, I started competing at age seven, and I competed all the way up until I got into high school. And then in high school, I kind of focused more on academics than sports and just really um, kind of buckle down and focus on AP classes and college and getting, you know, all the admissions and all that stuff. So I ended up going to the university of Maryland for college, which is where I met Joel. And, okay. um, through during college, that's kind of where I got introduced to the weight room and started to get into strength training since, um, prior to that, I had just been a gymnast and never really had a formal introduction to, to weights. So kind of fell in love with it and started out more of the bodybuilding style, focusing on you know, body part splits and, Monday was chest day and Tuesday was back day and so on and so forth till you, you know, get the whole body by the end of the week and sure. very, very much a, a bodybuilder style training, but, um, that, that's what got me started and a lot falling in love with, um, strength training and putting on muscle and just feel, feeling strong and, and being strong and seeing the changes that my body was going through as I learned more about it, um, and, and focus on, you know, putting on a muscle mass. So after college, um, my first job was a personal trainer at Equinox. And okay. I was where is Equinox? Where's Equinox? Equinox is all over. It's a chain. It's, oh, okay. Um, okay. Multi, multi, all across the country, but I worked in California at the time. Okay. And so I started out personal training. I thought it was going to be more of a short-term situation while Joel was doing his um, officer training for a communications officers course. And I knew we were going to be moving again. So I thought it would be a short-term thing, but I ended up- Marine Corps uh, family tradition, right? <laughs> moving all the time. Uh, sure. But I ended up falling in love with training and, and training clients and helping other people reach their goals, whether it was uh, body fat loss or muscle gain, strength gain, training for an event, whatever it was. I just loved the process and helping people get there. So turned into a long-term thing. I spent six and a half years at Equinox, um, went from trainer to fitness manager to personal training manager learned a lot about leadership and team building and all, all along the way, just still focusing on my own goals and helping others reach theirs. And so during the pandemic, everything shut down, gyms were you know, closed for a very long time. And we just mm. took that opportunity to pivot and 
So I left Equinox in August of last year and Joel and I started Semper Stronger, um, started working on it earlier in the year and officially launched in September. And here we are. Awesome. Awesome. Great. I'm sure I got some questions I can think of for that, but we'll talk, let Joel talk a little bit first and then we'll kind of dig into that a little bit more. So That's good. Well, my, uh, I've been in the Marine Corps now 16 years okay. uh, and I plan on being in for another four years since I can retire at 20. Okay. But I, like Rebecca mentioned, I met her at University of Maryland. The uh, Marine Corps sent me to Maryland. I was prior enlisted, sent me to Maryland to become an officer. So first you got to get a degree in sure. order to become an officer. Uh, and so the Marine Corps sent me there. I got my degree and uh, became an officer and took her with me. Everywhere <laughs> else I went. So that was what year, what year did you graduate from there? Graduated 2013. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure she wasn't expecting to be moving around as much, uh, and so I, I, I think that for sure, I little, I, her life a little challenging, but she was a great team player along the way. Sure. Uh, even when I had to go to places like uh, the high desert in California, where 29 oh, palms, 29 palms, yep. Oh yeah. My my yeah. sister's husband, uh, uh, my sister's husband was actually in the Marine Corps back in the early early mid 90s and she lived at 29 Palms for oh, a couple of years I think. He was stationed out there so she has some uh lovely memories of that place. <laughs> the horror stories. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh I I I love being a Marine. I'm a Marine 24/7. Now it keeps me busy. He's been uh with me through deployments and uh, even uh, now that I am the Marine officer instructor at Rutgers and Princeton in New Jersey, uh, I have, I don't necessarily deploy any time while, while I'm here. So it gave me a little more time sure. to spend with her. And we, you know, we've developed uh, ourselves through leadership and have helped each other kind of, she's helped me a lot with my physical fitness because as Marines, we don't necessarily focus on form or stretching or anything that would just kind of just go hit the gym hard and uh, just worry about getting strong. But I learned so much through her and with her that now I can, I can safely say that I am much better now, uh, much more effective now, much more mobile now, much more healthier now than I was when, before I met her. So now I can last the entire 20 years <laughs> if you're young. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, it's made it very interesting. She's um, we're now moving from New Jersey sometime soon again, going to uh, Dallas and New Orleans. OK, and, okay. Uh, continue to do our journey. So it's been very, very exciting. I'm uh, I do mostly for Semper Stronger. I do the back end stuff. So I, I'll do the websites and okay. I'll focus on any tr troubleshooting and designing. So okay. uh, she's the face and I am uh, the kind <laughs> of like operations officer in the background. Gotcha. Well, that's the great thing about having a virtual business like this is that it doesn't really matter where you are. And, and that was kind of what appealed to me as well as working with you guys. So, yeah. So what have the challenges been getting it off the ground so far for, for both of you? Um, I'd say, well, first of all, he's got, you know, he's still active duty, so he's got that responsibility. And he's also involved in a couple other businesses. He does real estate investing and if, you know, he sure. can talk to that more, but um, so he's, you know, has a lot of balls in the air at one time. So um, mm -hmm. it, it I've kind of forced me to be, become as independent as I could be in, in this whole journey. It's my first time owning a business, starting a business. So I had so much to learn. Yeah. Um, we, we've been 
kind of all I've been all over the country and my family was in California. I was out there for the holidays. I had, I took a trip to Texas. So just, you know, learning how to navigate the, uh-huh. the distance between the two of us and still get everything done, make sure my clients are well served and taken care of. Because in addition to the membership that you're a part of, I have 10 one-on-one clients that I train as well. And so I'm making okay. sure their programs are always up to date and I'm in touch with them every single day. So just figuring out, you know, prioritizing, managing time, and then just making sure that we're staying, you know, everything's up to date, the website's functioning, Joel's mm-hmm. doing all that stuff. So just so many things that <laughs> require a business to run and learning how to prioritize and allocate enough time in the day to each of those things. And still have a marriage at the same time and that kind of thing too, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Being the same. When we're together, like we're all day, every day, you know, yeah. from yeah. wake up till go to sleep, we're together and <laughs> we, we have fun and we're a great team. So yeah, we have a blast doing it. Yeah. So what, if you, if you could kind of distill down your fitness philosophy and th- and, and, and put it in a bottle or something like that, how would you, how would you go about describing it? That is a great question. So obviously the name of our brand is Semper Stronger. So we believe wholeheartedly and passionately about making people strong, helping people become stronger because mm-hmm. there, I can't think of anything in life that isn't easier if you're stronger. Sure. So, and that, that it goes for physical strength and mental strength. And that's kind of where the name came from, you know, Semper coming from Semper Fidelis, but stronger being embodying the physical and mental aspects of being for him, a service member. And for me, a military spouse and mm-hmm. all the things that come with that from, from moving to all over the country at, you know, things changing at the last minute, training, deployment, distance, different time zones, um, yep. all that stuff. So that's, that's kind of where the, the name came from and, and everything that we do for ourselves and for our members and our clients, it's all about helping people get stronger, persevere through the tough times and, understanding how training your body to be strong can also translate in other aspects of life and sure. just make you a better, stronger person and be able to persevere through things that maybe you once thought you couldn't do. Yeah. You sound, you're nodding a lot, Joel. So I'm assuming you'd agree with that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I completely <laughs> agree. The, um, how, how physical strength transitions over or translates to uh, mental strength or it can, uh, I think that's a, that's a huge part of what we, uh, why we named it Semper Stronger. There are so many challenges in this world that you mentioned, especially last year, we saw that there were a lot of challenges that came up and the people who were resilient had a, I don't want to say easier time, but they were able to get through it much more efficiently than people who didn't, who have never been challenged before. And physical challenge can easily translate to, uh, to uh, being or conquering those physical challenges can translate to help you conquer the mental, emotional, spiritual challenges that come along. Mm-hmm. Do you see that a lot with your Marines and things like that, where they'll, they'll kind of go through those up and down cycles uh, over the course of their career, if they get comfortable or, or any number of things can happen, I guess, that can cause them to get in that, that type of a funk? Yeah, absolutely. The, I think that, you know, in, in the, even in the Marine Corps, we, we sometimes fall in the, in the idea that we get too comfortable with what's going on, or uh, we allow ourselves to kind of be comfortable with the way that we are without improving. Uh, and uh, I like to say that, and we like to say actually that if you're not moving forward, um, you're you're moving backwards, right? So you gotta try to move yeah. forward every single thing, every single day, and be better today than you were yesterday, and be yeah. better tomorrow than you are today. And um, through the Marine Corps focuses a lot on physical fitness and getting strong uh, because obviously we need it for deployments and to be able to, sure. to um, perform when we need to. But it, like I mentioned before, it translates to a lot of things that they do in a day-to-day life. 
and we can we can mirror those uh, those lessons that we learn through physical accomplishments, and then talk about how we can uh, become better leaders. How do we become stronger individuals mentally? How can we help others? And that I think um, in the Marine Corps, uh, when I see Marines that are you know that are in a slump. They, a lot of things t- tend to go away, tend to go to the, to the hit, to the wayside. And that's uh, physical fitness is one of them. So if you can get them back. <laughs> is that usually first? Do you, do you think you see it from people? Uh, sometimes you do see it first. I mean, there's a, uh, in boot camp, we obviously you have no choice, but to be yep. physically fit in order to graduate. Are you a Paris Island or are you a, uh, I'm a Paris Island? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, not a Hollywood Marine. As like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Sorry, my brother-in-law was a was a San Diego boy. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> we got the. Uh, I mean, we 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 go back and forth with Marines from the from Paris Island versus San Diego, and yeah. we we always, we always give each other a hard time. But you know, we're all Marines, and at the end of the day, and we we all have uh, when when you have the eagle open anchor, and you have and you become the, uh, you get the title as a, uh, of a Marine, you're uh, we're all brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned before, the. Uh, getting Marines through those physical challenges uh, can help them get through a lot of other challenges they have in their, in their personal life, including, you know, relationship challenges and, uh, um, and maybe even financial challenges. You just have to find a way to get through Marines. And a yeah. lot of, uh, sometimes that way is to get to them in, in, in uh, through physical fitness and they open up a little more and they become a lot more confident in themselves mm-hmm. to be able to uh, to perform and to and to get through those obstacles that come in on a day-to-day basis. Sure, sure. Rebecca, what would you say kind of your biggest challenge getting, making that switch from just working out to being a fitness instructor or not a, or a trainer? How, how was that switch for you? Was it, did it work pretty easily or was it, was, did you have some, how did that go? It was challenging. Um, I think I, I didn't, I lacked confidence back then. I was 23 years old when I got my first job as a trainer and I had never trained anybody really even informally like I never trained any family or friends I just kind of was jumping into it because I thought it was going to be a short-term thing and I was just like okay. oh I'm going to job so I can make some money for a year while I figure out what I want to do with my life so I didn't have any experience I had very little confidence and the only person I had ever trained was myself so it was a big curve for me to one, it was like a lot of the people skills. Um, cause I, you know, I had been a student for my whole life and I, I had just a couple jobs through college, but nothing, nothing too crazy. So just learning how to engage with people and connect with people and then also find what their pain points are. What are they struggling with being empathetic while talking to them and understanding what their struggles are and then designing a program that would help, help them reach their goals efficiently and effectively. Um, and then, get them to enjoy it enough that they want to keep coming back for more, you know, day after day, week after week and month after month. So uh, there was a lot of learning that happened during (laughs) that period of time, but it was, it was great. And it really formed the foundation for me to get to where I am now as a business owner and still coaching myself and, and my clients. So do you have a success story that you can think of? Um, I'd say my, my biggest success stories, and I love to talk about these stories, not one in particular, but yeah. kind of a theme is when I have client, client stories that they, there's a, usually a moment, like an aha moment for clients when they come to me, most clients come to me because they want to lose weight or whatever. And, you know, it's everyone has their 10 pounds or their whatever amount of weight that they want to lose. And so obviously through, through uh, programming, largely through strength training that that happens, but yeah very, it, it's pretty quick when the, the transition shifts from 
the focus on weight loss to, oh, wow, I really feel strong. My posture is better. I feel like just stronger moving through my life. And so my, my favorite success story is when clients realize how what we've done together in the gym or in their program translates into their everyday life. And yeah. when they're like, I don't have to ask my husband to pick up the water bottles when we go to Costco because <laughs> I'm strong enough to do it myself. Sure. And yep. so it's usually those, those moments that I, I have helped clients achieve like, you know, significant strength goals or um, achieve PRs and, and certain lifts, but it's really those moments when clients realize that what we're doing in the gym matters so much more than just in that workout. It translates to everything else in their daily life yeah. and everything gets easier when you get stronger. Yeah. And I think our first interaction, probably you had, you had a post around new years or something about kind of getting back on track. And I think I posted some comment on it about being off the rails or something. And that's, that's been our struggle lately or my struggle. I shouldn't say ours, mine, we're, we're in this transition phase. We're actually with my in-laws at the moment and, and it's a space limited space crunch type thing. And so I've used that as kind of an excuse to, to, uh, well, there's lots of excuses there. None of them are good. And, and so this is kind of my call out to myself for this to have you guys on here was, is to get myself back on track with that. And, Cause I've been in, I've definitely been in shape in my life and, and I, I don't haven't really talked a lot about this on the podcast yet, but um, I did, I, I'm 51 now, but I've, I, when I was 30 or no, we was at 2009, 2010, I was into triathlons and I did two Ironman triathlons and ran those. Mm-hmm. I was working with the trainer then and we were doing strength training, but it was, it was really more of a core core strength and leg strength and, and not, not building muscle, but more building, um, endurance type strength training. So, but it, so I, I got those Ironman triathlons under my belt and then got married, started having kids and things like that and life and a couple surgeries later. So it's been a heck of a journey the last five years personally is that I've had three major surgeries and including like bowel surgery, ankle surgery. And then I got from the ankle surgery, I got a blood clot in my left leg that I had to have surgery on as well. So, so it's been kind of a fight to get things going, but right before we moved here, I had gotten into a, a kind of a workout of the day type gym. It wasn't CrossFit, but it was kind of like a CrossFit type gym, not quite as regimented on on things there as as a typical crossfit gym but it was really good and and i had gotten to the point where i was turning that corner strength strength wise like you were talking about and then we had to move so mm-hmm. that really kind of upset the apple cart but um it was more i think because i let it upset the apple cart and and just the circumstances of nothing nothing wrong with the family we're staying with here things have been great it's just being out of your element, I think I let it throw me too much for a loop fitness wise. So I don't know. Any thoughts or questions from your side? We can kind of turn this interview around a little bit. (laughs) Well, I think your, uh, your self-awareness is admirable. I think the fact that you're able to identify what's happening or what has happened (laughs) and reasons. I think you have some valid reasons too. I mean, three surgeries and having kids and moving like that's, that's a lot to handle it at once when life throws 
you know, sometimes one lemon, but you've got quite a few lemons. So yeah. that you have to deal with right now. So, um, you know, kudos to you for, for handling it all. And then especially for being able to recognize what's going on and, and do something about it. Because I think most people, I would argue most people know that they should probably work out and probably should eat well, <laughs> but it's really, what makes it yeah. different. Like, knowledge is great, but action is what's really going to make the difference. Action is yeah. power. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I think, you know, the fact that you, you've joined our, our community and you're taking it upon yourself to go in the right direction and to actually take action and start getting back on track. That's what's really going to make the difference because you can know all the things, but it's not going to matter until you actually do something about it. Yeah. And it was fun too, because I had my boys, uh, we were reading Jacko's kids books and, and they were just going crazy with getting up at six in the morning and we we're doing morning workouts and it's been a lot more difficult here for a variety of reasons with our one we have a one and a half year old that doesn't really like to sleep at night and things like that and and a bunch of excuses but they love to do those things with us so uh i'll have some hangers on for some of this i'm pretty sure for a lot of it but uh so I think that's the best reason other than, you know, my own fitness and my own goals and things like that is I need to show them that they can do this as part of their normal life as well. And that it's, and they love doing it too. So especially my seven-year-old is crazy about this kind of stuff. So, and he could wrestle every day and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. If you, if the family's involved or significant others are involved in the fitness journey, it yeah. makes it that much more enjoyable and then it's it's almost like a goal for the family so it makes it a little easier than trying to do it on your yeah yeah i think it's important too for parents to lead by example yeah i can't tell my kids to work out you know if i don't do anything right? exactly <laughs> you want to show them how it's done not tell them what to do but if they see you doing it they're much more likely to follow suit especially when they're younger and impressionable you know they, they might yeah. go through that rebellious stage later on where they want to do whatever you're not doing do the opposite yeah, exactly. of what you're doing but while they're still young you know <laughs> show them what, what's what they're capable of and what's possible exactly so why don't you talk a little bit about what programs you have to offer and and where where you want what you've got right now is there anything where you want to take it from there um things like that yeah, absolutely. So when we first launched in September, it was just one-on-one -on -one clients that I was taking on. And um, we had one, when we first launched, we just had one kettlebell program available. And then that was in September. So over the course of, what is it, seven months now, we've grown our program library to five programs. And those are available to anybody. They're on our website. And, um, and then the, the most recent addition is the membership, which obviously you're familiar with since you are now a member. So in January, we launched the and body. I'm still paying for it, by the way. So, but <laughs> I'm not expecting it to be comped or anything like that. I'm happy to pay for it because we, we appreciate the support. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have the I just wanted everybody to know that on the podcast too, is yeah. that I'm not doing this just, just because, so this is something I need to do, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, we appreciate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in January, we launched the membership option. So it was when we first started, it was just the body weight option. So we have every single day a body weight workout of the day that's released. And then all of our members in the, um, in the community also have access to the, the five programs in the program library that I mentioned for a discounted rate. And then um, it, just about a week and a half ago, we, we launched the kettlebell membership option as well. So now we have a kettlebell workout of the day and a body weight workout of the day. So um, that was one of the biggest like pieces of feedback that I got when we first launched the body weight was 
we love, this is a great idea, but we will like kettlebells because I do have a lot of followers on Instagram that are kettlebells because I myself love kettlebells and I post yeah. a ton of kettlebell content. So it was the, the natural next step was to add that kettlebell membership as well. And that's been largely successful, um, a lot more successful than the body weight. Um, so definitely going to keep, keep go- going with that and growing it. And that's probably, I mean, probably the, as far as we'll go with the workout of the day aspect, we absolutely are going to continue to add more programs sure. to the program library. Um, next program that we launch will be in probably late April. That's going to be like a back to the gym type of program that'll integrate more of the gym equipment since people are, a lot of people are now back to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our plan to grow is probably going to be to add some coaches since first who can take on one-on-one clients. We have gotten quite a few applications for one-on-one training and I am pretty much at capacity right now with my <laughs> clients. Yeah. So I can't clone myself. So I will probably exactly. bring, bring some more coaches on. And then as those applications come through, um, start to, you know, build out more Semper Stronger coaches, maybe down the road, have some sort of certification that we can do. Um, I would love to be kind of like my dream is to be able to travel to, you know, wherever in the country and be able to talk about kettlebells and strength training and fitness Sure. Um, to do seminars my, my, and things like that yeah, and do seminars, yeah. um, teach, teach strength training to as many people as I can. So, yeah. And I think uh, another part of that is since we're, um, in the, in the world of, uh, military and, and we know a lot of law enforcement and we, we know a lot of first responders as well. And we know that they, uh, that they have to be physically ready to yeah. perform their, their duties. Uh, we would, you know, we also would love to, uh, be able to connect with them and be able to support them in, in the in the things that they do. So police officers, uh, any kind of first responders, firefighters, military members, all those that, um, you know, and teaching them how to best be able to uh, to move and get strong and stay sure. healthy, injury, sure. try to reduce the amount of injuries and perform at their job the best way possible. And I, and I think that that's something else that we want to eventually uh, be able to do. Because with the, I can imagine with the stress that they have on their jobs, that something like this is something they need probably more than they think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, if if you haven't, if you have a chance to listen to my podcast from March 31st, I had one of my surgeons on from my, I had about a diverticulitis and I had bowel surgery, and my surgeon from that, she had a long career of single mom to. Uh, rescue diver to paramedic to firefighter to almost an FBI agent, but then decided to go to medical school and then is now a surgeon. So (laughs) quite a resume. Yeah. Yeah. But the one time she really lost her way was in uh, her residency when she got to working too much and fitness and family and faith and things like that all went by the wayside. And Mm -hmm that's when she struggled the most. So it was kind of taking a break from that and getting back into those things that really got her back on track. Yeah. And that's uh, when, when, when those things, when you start to realize that you're so inundated with everything else and you start forgetting a little bit about that, what, what got you to that point yeah. and, yep. the, and, and you kind of have to take a look in uh, internally to kind of recalibrate yourself. And uh, I think some of us, uh, you know, a lot of us have to do that. And it, it happens every now and then. No, don't tell me that. I don't think you've ever been out of shape, have you? <laughs> don't give me that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been in the, uh, because of the Marine Corps, I think it's forced me to kind of yeah. stay in shape. And well, uh, being, being her husband, it's not easy. If I get out of shape, then I may, I may lose my spot. So <laughs> can't do that. 
Well, I, I do know I had a friend of mine from the triathlon world that he is a, he is now a colonel in the Air Force Reserve, but he is a awesome athlete. And he was always the one tasked with training the Air Force, uh, the people in his Air Force detachment that were marginal physically uh, with the physical test to get them mm-hmm. back into enough shape to be able to pass their physical fitness test. So he would always, it was a tough journey with people that have let let things go that far i can imagine so but <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it happens but uh yeah. they can get back on I and mean, they did it once and uh, i tell yeah. my marines you know when you were forced to do it in boot camp uh you, you know you have it in you so we just got to find yeah. out what that why is for you and yeah. get you back on there sure sure so why kettlebells where did you where'd you guys get into kettlebells and and if you check them out on Instagram, there's either Semper Stronger, there's Rebecca Rouse, there, uh, Joel. What's your uh, Instagram handle, Joel? Uh, Joel Blades, like yeah. uh, like Roller Blades, but with yep. Joel. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. But there's all kinds of content on there talking about that. But where did the whole, where did you get into kettlebells? So that was me mostly. <laughs> uh, learned from me. So yeah. <laughs> uh, but for me, I, I learned at Equinox when I first became a trainer um, at Equinox. One of the things I love about my experience there was the education that they provided for their trainers. So there was a lot of, there was a whole curriculum of required education for every single trainer at Equinox. And so I went through that whole curriculum, but then they also offered continuing education opportunities for Equinox trainers. And one of the first ones that I did shortly after I started working there was the kettlebell, um, kettlebell athletics. It was just like a very intro basic kettlebell users course. It was a two day workshop and I went there and it was it was fine at the time. It didn't like, it wasn't this like aha thing. Like, Oh my gosh, I love kettlebells. It was just like, cool. I have a new tool in my toolbox. I'll start working on it myself. I'll start using them with my clients. And then over the course of the years that followed, I just, I started training them with training with them a little bit more. Some of the other trainers on my, on my team also use them. And so I learned from them and just kind of practiced and learned Turkish getups and learned how to snatch and just kind of worked my way up into learning more of those movements and, and refining my technique and learning more and more. And then in 2016, somebody told me about strong first, and that is one of the more renowned certifications for kettlebells. It's kind of like the gold, the gold standard in the kettlebell world, as far as um, kettlebell training goes. So they were hosting a certification weekend and to get the level one cert is a three day very intense, grueling physical <laughs> course. Um, and that was in San Diego and I was living in San Diego. So it was just down the street and I signed up in 2016 and I attended and I passed. And so that was kind of where I was indoctrinated with like hard style kettlebell training and met an incredible community of other kettlebell um, practitioners and coaches. And it's a really strong network, like actually strong, physically strong, but then just strong yeah. Um, cohesive network of of kettlebell a- athletes and coaches and so since then I've just uh, met more people learned more I got the level two certification in 2019 and I just fa- I fell in love with them and I also love that they are very portable Joel and I have done two cross-country <laughs> trips and we took our kettlebells everywhere we went I'm sure we've got to love you guys but you don't exactly have the light kettlebells either so <laughs> we've got we've got the whole, uh, whole yeah. range but so yeah, I think for my own training and for our constant travels, they've been great. And then just cool. for training all different types of clients, I, I always, you know, on every podcast that I've been on and people always ask me why kettlebells, I think that one of the best things about them is their versatility and that no matter what fitness goal you have, kettlebells can help you get there, whether it's strength, whether it's um, athleticism and power explosiveness, whether it's conditioning and endurance, weight loss, you know, muscle gain, it, it really does everything. And it just depends on how you program it and I, they're just phenomenal. 
Awesome. Joel, from your side? For me, it was a little different. Uh, it, it was, I would, when I first saw her doing it and I was just like, what, what is that? That's not a dumbbell. That, what, what am I going to do with that? And as a Marine, my Marine mindset was like, you know, I'll stick to barbells. I'll stick to doing my, uh, my uh, uh, chest day, my back day, my leg day. I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing that because that's what I knew. Uh, and then as time went on and you know, she started showing me a little more, I started to understand the, um, the benefits of it. And then deployment hit. When deployment came along, uh, I was restricted. Were you deployed to? Were you deployed? I was. Uh, I went on a on a meal, which is a marine expeditionary unit. Oh, okay. We were going part of a ship. Yep, with mm. the navy. And so you're limited in space on a on a ship, very limited. Uh, there, are, you know, thousands of people in a small ship, and uh, you don't, you, you know, you you're stuck together with a lot of people in one room. And the gym is the size of a living room. Uh, and you have to kind of uh, get everyone in there, but the flight deck or the the, the space outside of the uh, of the of the ship, there's a lot of space out there, and but there are no weights, so that's where kettlebells come in. You can take kettlebells on the flight deck, and uh, you can do a full workout out there, uh, and you can take them with you everywhere you go on deployment, even if you go to Iraq, Afghanistan, all those things. Then, so I started to fall in love, like she said, with how versatile and and uh, and how you can just pack them up and take them. As a carry-on, if you want, sure. I mean, you have to carry on, you can take yeah. them. and you just you get a lot of you just get a lot of Navy guys staring at you. But then who cares what <laughs> exactly. the guys think? Anyway. Yeah, he's like, well, and then they'll and they'll you know even if they stare, they they're, they're curious. You get to spend, you get to show them how to do it. And really, um, all you really need, like, if you don't have two kettlebells, you would need one good heavy kettlebell that's heavy enough to do all your workouts, and you can you can get it all in there. So uh, on deployment, I fell in love with uh, with kettlebells and came back and. I learned more from her and, and that, that's history pretty much. We took him on, on a road trip and we went from uh, from the West Coast to the East Coast here in New Jersey. So we went from California to New Jersey and every state we went through would stop at the welcome sign and we okay. do a kettlebell yep. out in front of the, in front of the welcome sign. <laughs> and so that's on our Instagram. So it's a pretty cool uh, little show that we put on there. Um, sometimes we got some weird looks from people. A lot of honks. A lot of honks. Sure. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun and uh, it just displayed how versatile they were. Awesome. How many states do you have down? Oof. That's a great question. Yeah, we need to count. We've, we've had a lot of states on our various road trips. So, yeah. So, for our RV travels, they've got these. It's kind of like a magnetic thing of the United States that you can add states to as you go across mm -hmm. it. So, you could look at that and see if you can get one of those to fill it out. And That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We should do that. Do you have Wisconsin yeah, we're, yet? We're going to do another one from New Jersey down to Texas or okay. North, depending on okay. which one we're looking first. So, is that, are you going to be doing the same RTC thing down there or is this a different uh, posting? No, this is a different thing. I, I only get to do this once or potentially twice in my career, but uh, for where I am in my career, um, only once. And so down in New Orleans, I'll be transitioning from the active component and I'll be transitioning to the active reserve okay. and I'll be, uh, I'll be training reservists down in New Orleans. So okay. I'll be there. She'll be in Dallas and okay. uh, she, so we'll be doing the geo bachelor thing, which we're okay. used to. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so I'll be traveling to see her every now and then, but uh, I'll be in New Orleans for two years and then I'll eventually end up in Dallas for my last two and okay. then retire. Okay. What do you guys find from a marriage perspective really helps keep you keep things strong when with distances like that? I think having our shared values. I mean, we both have a very clear vision for our future, which is why we've 
we've, we've been willing to sacrifice and, and do the distance thing probably more, more than we really had to, because yeah. we chose to knowing yeah. that we were doing it for it, the advancement of our individual careers. Um, so having that shared vision and shared values has kept us working to working hard on ourselves and on our marriage to each other to continue to advance forward and better ourselves as individuals so that we can better ourselves as, as a couple and then ultimately our future. So obviously we're both very passionate about strength and fitness and, and sharing that message with the world. And so every day when we get up in the morning and we're both, you know, glued to our computers and, and focused <laughs> on our mission, um, at the end, when we go to sleep at night, exhausted from the day and, and, you know, that much closer to achieving our goals it's it we know we're we're in it together and we're doing it for the right reasons so it's it's work it's a lot of communication it sounds like communication yeah. is key communication is absolutely key you know yeah. navigating different time zones and when we're we were across the country for quite a while from each other so learning how understanding and being flexible semper gumby as they say in the marine marine corps <laughs> but, uh, being flexible being understandable and communicating well and communicating often for sure i think also uh, expectation management uh, pretty much just exactly what it sounds like, just letting her know and she letting me know uh, what to expect when we're, before we go apart and, and talk about that and say, you know, we will, um, we will talk, you know, whenever we can or we'll set uh, expectations and we'll meet those expectations. Um, and so that way there's no, there are no hard feelings ever. Uh, and if there's ever any time where there is a, um, miscommunication or maybe a disagreement, we'll discuss it and uh, we'll be completely transparent about it. Uh, and I think that helps a ton when it comes to in, being in relationships that are long distance. Yep, yep, I, I was actually, well, I used to travel a lot for work. So I would, I would be for the first, so we, my wife and I got married in 2011. I traveled the seven weeks before our wedding and then the seven weeks after for and had to leave about two days after our after our wedding to go back on the road again. So that was that was a great uh, that was a great beginning to the marriage. But then for the four years after that, four to five years after that, I was pretty much traveling every other week. So it's the same thing. You got to make time for the family. You got to communicate. You got to go work together. And Rebecca did kind of throw me a little loop about or a little info that you may not have necessarily had that kind of example growing up. So it's kind of why I asked that question. It, it, do you, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, just with your family, um, it sounds like you had a great mom, but you might've had a tough time growing up and the Marine Corps was kind of a way out for you. Is that kind of how you would picture it or? Yeah, for, so I, I came from, I grew up, I was born in the United States, but I grew up in Dominican Republic Okay. And my family, my mom and my dad were divorced when I was six. My dad still lives in uh, Dominican Republic. And my mom uh, took uh, my brother, my older brother, my sister, it's a younger sister, and me back to the United States. So Rhode Island, we just we talked about Rhode <laughs> Island. Too. I, was, uh, I lived in, uh, from the age of nine to the age of 17, I, I lived in Rhode Island. What part and of Rhode Island? What, Providence. Providence, okay. Yeah, Providence. we'll be in Bristol, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so when you mentioned that, I was uh, it, my ears perked. I was like, I know that place. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was uh, it, it wasn't the easy, the easiest life. You know, it's uh, we had a single mom life where she was working all the time, and uh, we were in. You know, she put us in, in a lot of uh, events to keep us busy. But it was it also wasn't easy because I was surrounded by 
you know, just uh, a lot of drugs in my neighborhood. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't ideal for uh, for a place for success. Also, my family wasn't really the type of family that was very supportive to me uh, leaving or being uh, or doing things that I would that would make me potentially they, they didn't set me up for success in, sure. in in that way. I mean, it was indirectly they did because it was a tough life, and I ended up kind of uh, persevering, and now that's why I'm uh, I think I'm mentally strong because of it. But so, what, so uh, what was high school like for you? You can't get away that easily. <laughs> well, I I went. Did to, you get in trouble? I, I did not actually. I was a, I was a good kid. So this is I think that that's the ironic part of it is that <laughs> where I grew up. Um, I went to school in, in his an uh, old boys school, uh, middle school for inner any inner city kids. It's okay. called San Miguel School, which is a it was a lifesaver for me. The, the The staff there were great, and they 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 were they were firm. But they were they were fair, and they set me up for success to go to high school, to a uh, to a place called La Salle Academy, which is a uh, I got a scholarship to go to go there as a private high school. Uh, but my I still lived in the same neighborhood, which was yeah. a a crappy uh, neighborhood in the in the inner city. So anytime I go back home in my uniform, um, you weren't cool if you were trying to get a good <laughs> education, right? So the I think the neighborhood itself. Uh, it it, uh, it kind of um, you have to fight the system to just do well because they would prefer you do um, you know be uh, doing sports or playing basketball or doing or even like uh, maybe selling selling drugs in, in the corner than focusing on your education. Education wasn't cool, so uh, I had to fight the system and eventually I had to leave the system. So the Marine Corps is definitely a saving grace for me because it allowed me to uh, get away from not just the you know the uh my family which wasn't really it wasn't really setting me up for success but also get away from that neighborhood or that that kind of lifestyle and allow me to uh to see and experience other things in the united states the other great states that are out there and experience other people in the marine corps which eventually uh i think set me up with a different type of mentality for success so when and, did you first dream about, or when did you first decide the Marine Corps was the direction you wanted to go? Uh, it was, uh, it was in 2005, I was actually, so this is a, not the ideal Marine Corps story that most people would <laughs> hear, but I, I mainly did it for a girl. So I was, <laughs> I was going to school uh, in Champlain College in Vermont and, uh, in 2003 to 2005, and I was dating a girl, and she uh, she said that uh, she wanted to be a Marine, and but she wouldn't do it unless I did it with her. And so I got my associates, and I... I Never even imagining school. that you, the chances of you be both being deployed to the same place were virtually zero, right? Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was <laughs> I, I tell people... Even if you did I, stay <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> when I tell people this story, I was like, it was the, it was the stupidest decision I've, I've ever made. But eventually, it ended up with a with a with a uh, with a happy ending or a happy sure. continuation, right? Yep. So yeah, I joined the Marine Corps for a girl, um, <laughs> I'm not her. So I'm I'm not. So <laughs> obviously, it didn't work out. But uh, eventually, you know, when 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 she broke up with me, I was in when I was in the Marine Corps. Still, I was deployed, and I was, and I was thinking like, why. Why did I do it? You start to come into realizations like you did. You didn't. I didn't do this for myself. So what am I going to do? I took ownership of the decision I made and oh. decided to just make the best of it. And honestly, 
I I didn't think I was going to get past that that uh that next I wasn't going to re-enlist. That wasn't in my sure. in my mind. I wasn't going to continue after my years were up. I was going to get out because the girl that I joined for she's not there anymore for me. So what's the point? Um, when I shifted my mindset to be to take responsibility and ownership for that decision, everything shifted, and I started to love everything about the Marine Corps. I started to love what um, the Marines what I was doing. Uh, and I found the purpose that I was, you know, that purpose in the Marine Corps and be able awesome. to develop myself. So eventually it turned into, uh, and I thank her for, uh, for pulling me in, <laughs> in the Marine Corps and being, in, and then eventually uh, putting me where I am today. Um, but oh, it, yeah, it, it was captain, a, captain today or yeah, I'm a captain. Today. Okay. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it wasn't, it, it's not the, it's not the, it wasn't the, uh, the ideal, the ideal Marine story that people like to hear, but that's, that's the <laughs> truth. And we all, a lot of Marines come from uh, different reasons and yeah. get into people with different reasons. But at the end of the day, they have to realize that no one held a gun to their head and told them you have to join the Marine Corps. And yeah. uh, even if those, if those reasons why you joined are no longer there after a certain time, then you, you still have to take ownership. And once you do, everything becomes better. And that goes with everything in life. Yeah, well, I think my my sister's husband, they've been married now for, I think it's 35 years. Yeah, or, or 31 years. Yeah, 31 years because they got married in, no, 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 36 years because it was 1985, I believe. And he had just gone into, uh, if you saw a picture of him, this, you know, mid 80s, long hair type type stuff going on. And then coming back with his high and tight, it you didn't, we barely even recognized him when he came back. And he was one of those that went in with, uh questionable motive or not motives but it was kind of like well i don't know what else i'm going to do so i might as well do this so (laughs) but he had i think he was in i i more than 10 years he didn't quite make it to 20 but uh he was a mechanic for a motorized artillery so Mm -hmm. he was deployed for first gulf war back in the day before social media and things like that but uh all we had was cnn back in the day but (laughs) (laughs) So Rebecca, back to your high school time, you said you kind of dropped the gymnastics thing. Was that like an injury thing or just lost interest or combination of the two or? It's actually a combination of the two. Um, okay. In eighth grade, I was, it was kind of like a big crossroads for my, every, all the girls on my team because high school is a big, a big change and you start thinking about yeah. college. And so um, I thought I was, I was teetering back and forth between continuing and doing it through high school or stopping. And then it was April, um, my eighth grade year, and I was, you know, at my regular practice and I was vaulting and I ended up dislocating my knee and it was four days before the state championships, which were going to be that Saturday. That was a Tuesday. And that was a career ending injury, basically, because it put me out for several months, you know, physical therapy, the whole thing, the full leg brace. And so obviously I didn't compete in the state championships that weekend. And at, at that point I had already had the, the possibility of not continuing with the sport was in my head. And then the, the injury kind of just sealed the deal for me. So, um, I think, you know, it was my, it was my time and I focused on academics all through high school and I'm glad I did it. I got a great education in high school, all the AP classes and all that <laughs> and, and then into college. So you overachiever, come on now, but I was very, I was very much that, that person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, I do know, cause I had some friends that, that moved out to New Jersey and their daughter was in gymnastics and, the world of gymnastics out on the East coast, I think is a whole different world. And if you're not all in, you're not, 
you're not going to make it anywhere. Yeah, I was in California growing up, but it was. Oh, you were? Same. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yep. I grew up in California. No, I mean, it's, I think it's the same everywhere. Yeah. That's kind of how it was too for all, all the young gymnasts that I knew. Um, some of them had went on and competed in college and um, some stopped. It was kind of right around that high school time when people usually ended up stopping. And also, you know, being a tall, I was, I'm 5'4 and I was <laughs> tall on my team and you know, it was even shorter then, but being a tall, a tall gymnast is challenging and, you know, we're yeah. all growing at, at the time. And mm-hmm. so it was definitely, um, it was my time for sure. Yeah. What part of California did you grow up in? San Diego Los or Angeles. Los Angeles? Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. And then how did you guys actually meet each other? It was just at college or you ran each other at the gym or what? At the gym. At the yeah. gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mutual friend introduced us. So uh, I, okay. I, asked, I asked a mutual friend to introduce us. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And was it kind of love at first sight type thing or, or did it take a little while? <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, it was a friendship first and he was, that, know, that's when I say yes. And then she says it was not oh. at the same time. <laughs> Maybe for his end it was, but, um, yeah. he was, he's five and a half years older than I am. And so he got his, he went to college after deployment in order to become an officer. So he was much older sure. than most of the college students on campus. So I was 19 at the time and you were 24 and I was like, who's this creepy old guy talking? <laughs> and uh, so, but That's you know, awesome. obviously not creepy, but we, I just yeah, I, I felt young and he seemed so old to me at that time. And mm-hmm. so, but we became friends and started to work out together and then we studied together and hung out all the time. And so, but we had a good friendship for about a year before we actually started dating. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It was an investment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So what's, uh, you mentioned a little bit about expanding the programs and things like that. Uh, in terms of, well, I don't know, I don't really want to turn this into talking about my workout program necessarily, but um, what do you see a lot of your clients doing from when they log their workouts and things like that? Do you see a lot of morning stuff, lunchtime, evening, or a mix, or can, do you guys even keep track of when workouts get logged? Yeah, we can see every anytime somebody logs a workout, we get the, the workout log, so I, we can see you know what they rated it on a scale of one to ten, which is actually great feedback for us. You know, I, I like to see people rating it in the five to seven sure. range. I don't, I'm not trying to you know make people totally exhausted that they can't work out the next day, uh, and I don't want people to rate it a two or three because then they're probably not getting that much out of it. Probably aren't going to stick around. So. Um, So far, so good as far as the feedback we've been getting. Um, But as far as time of day, it's also really interesting because we have members who are not even in the United States. We have a member in Italy. We've got a member in Panama, uh, a couple in UK. So what, you know, when it's whatever morning time for us, it's not morning time over there. So we, you know, we get them all throughout the day with the the workout reports. And um, so I'm trying to just create as much engagement as possible with, with the community group and, get people to know each other and support each other and encourage each other to continue pursuing kettlebell training or, you know, whatever training that they're focusing on and reach their goals. Sure. And I do still have to do my intro post and things like that. So I'll get that done, but, uh, and get some workouts in here too. So with me, it's a lot of, I've got to prep, I've got to do a better job of prepping things so that I don't, don't have that excuse of, uh, my one-year-old is still sleeping. I can't go in and get my workout clothes or something like that early in the morning. And, and that kind of thing is really the hard part right now. And it's going to be a hard part as we travel around the country and things too. Uh, we're going to have a limited set of kettlebells, but that doesn't really matter as long as I can find the time to do it, I think, and that kind of a thing. 
So totally. Yeah. And that's, that's the great thing about both of the workouts of the day that we offer is body weight or kettlebell. So yeah. you either need no equipment or you need <laughs> kettlebells and that's really it. So it's very achievable, very accessible. They're all pretty short, you know, 15 to 25 minute workouts. And we know people have lives and schedules and demands on their time. And we want to be able to provide programs that still keep that in mind and allow people to get a great workout with minimal equipment and minimal time. Sure. Yeah, sure. And when you go across the country and you go cross country trips, you can stop in the welcome signs too, and then just do the, yeah, uh, there we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be, we'll, uh, I don't know how much I'll post on like my, I'm sure there'll be stuff on my Instagram page and things like that. My wife has one too, that she'll be posting a lot of stuff on, but I know she's also feeling kind of the same way I am. So we'll see about getting her right now. We're just so swamped. She's like, really, you're joining a workout program now. Cause we're like right in the middle of getting everything ready to go on the road. I'm like, well, I got to do it sometime and I got to quit making excuses for falling off the bandwagon. So, or, you know, so eventually, but so, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know she wants to, she's she we had kind of we had kind of both gotten into that gym that we had gone to and and uh um just it's been tough for both of us but we'll get there so yeah it's uh, it's the idea that it's never a good time right and mm -hmm. something's always going to pop up but uh if you if you and use your calendar i've learned from her you just got to put it in your calendar and yeah. then and then uh and then use that calendar as a uh as the guide, pretty much telling you <laughs> have to get it in, just like a doctor's appointment, right? You throw it in yeah. there like a doctor's appointment, and you don't want to miss a doctor's appointment. So don't miss your workout, and you throw it in just like that. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know what else. What else do you guys want to talk about? I mean, there's how did you how did you get to meet Jocko and things like that? Has that been a good experience for you so far? Yes, fantastic. That's <laughs> such a phenomenal group of people. Great Americans doing great things. So. Uh, when I was living in San Diego uh, last year, I got to go to the, the the nationwide vitamin shop launch when Jocko Fuel products launched across the yeah. country vitamin shop. And Jocko lives in San Diego. So they did a whole, you know, long, all day event at the vitamin shop in Balboa. And it was a Saturday. I had to work, but I got to get there for the last hour and I got to meet Jocko and JP Donnell and Dakota Meyer, Echo Charles, you know, the whole, the whole gang <laughs> and all the, uh, the origin guys. So Pete and, and Brian who founded origin, sure. they were there too, to, uh, promote the products and they had taste testing and all the stuff. So I ended up spending a good amount of time talking to them and just getting to know them all and just learning about their mission. And I really believe in what they're doing, uh, as far as, you know, keeping, all American made products, their entire supply chain, all of their employees, everyone is, you know, just America and putting America first, American jobs, American products, and um, all the, the ingredients in their supplements and all of the, uh, in their, in their apparel, also all the um, yeah. materials all jeans, are, yeah. Yep. yeah, all the boots, the jeans, everything is American made and sourced. So I, I love what they're doing. And with, under, I think they're right around a hundred employees, but the, what they've been able to achieve with just a hundred people is incredible and they're growing very quickly. So yeah. um, when they asked me about a month after I met them, they asked me if I wanted to be one of their brand ambassadors, sponsored athletes. So I quickly said yes. And <laughs> that was about a, a little over a year ago, last March. And so okay. I'm happy to promote their products and uh, I, I see you both got that. a trip up to Maine a little while ago or something yeah, like we that. We did. We've that gone twice. Fun. 
Yeah, we got to see their factory and meet their entire team and see everything in action. It was an incredible experience. And Maine is beautiful. I mean, we went at a really nice yeah. time. We went <laughs> yeah. in uh, August and okay. we went again in October. So beautiful time up there. But yeah. uh, I know during the winter, it's not. <laughs> no, no. And I'm I'm from Wisconsin normally. So, yeah, I can I can empathize with that, that it's not necessarily the best place to be in the winter. But we're hoping to avoid that now, at least for the most part go. with our travels. So um, you can choose now where you're, where you're going to be with depending on exactly the yeah, yeah we're going to be in north carolina sometime in the october november time frame and then kind of head west and eventually end up in in california by the first week of december because i've got a brother that lives in san diego funny enough but yeah where in san diego uh la mesa okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yep yep and uh we've actually stayed at there's that campground at pendleton that's right on the yeah. ocean there so yeah, that was one of that was one of my favorite times we got to camp there because his the father-in-law that's a fighter pilot is was able to get us in there to camp for a while and mm -hmm. it was always fun having the AVs go rolling by in the morning or yeah. and <laughs> yeah it's really cool it's, it's it's amazing the uh the the properties that his military bases are in if yep. you think about it Pendleton has all of that land in Southern California which is beautiful. Yeah for training and it's great for training as well but if you think about the some of the military bases across the world i mean across the united states you're thinking about monterey mm -hmm. uh, san diego here you're looking at you know down in, in Carolina, and even yeah. norfolk virginia quantico uh, in quantico that area is beautiful as well mm -hmm. and it's just you, you know henderson hall all of, all those areas that, that, that you go to and i'm sure you'll pass by on your on your road trips as well they're just mm -hmm. beautiful beautifully yeah. maintained in beautiful areas Yep. All right. So one last subject change, I'm going to kind of do a right angle because talking about Jocko supplements and things like that got me thinking, but can you talk about nutrition a little bit? Because I'm sure that's got to be, you're not just going to get there by strength training. I can tell you, you know, I at least know that much. And, but what's your philosophy on nutrition and eating and things like that? That is a very loaded question, but I will tackle it again <laughs> without going And on your opinions are your opinions and I won't fault yes. you for that. And, and you. you know, I follow, I, I, I was doing keto for a while, a few years ago, and, and I'm not sure, I don't think that can necessarily contribute. It didn't help me, but that's part of the problem of having a traveling work life is lots of times you're subject to you know, restaurants and, and whatever food you can find on the road. But we have definitely gone to our more of a whole food type approach with my wife because we had a lot of fertility problems and our one and a half year old, there's a five-year gap between our, our seven-year-old, five-year-old, and then one-year-old. And the first two were born via uh, fertility treatments. And then mm -hmm. our last one was natural. And the only reason that ever happened is because we cleaned up our diets. And, and, and my wife had like her first regular, probably more information than anybody needs to know, first regular cycle in, in her whole life once we clean up her diet. So wow. I don't know. Yeah, but if you talk about that from your perspective, uh, you know, that would be great. I'm going to let her handle this. Marines don't eat very well. So. <laughs> <laughs> well this one does. I, I eat well, but the yeah. rest of the Marines, yeah. <laughs> um, So I... I'll debate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have uh, my I have my certification through Precision Nutrition. Um, I got certified with them in 2015, and one of the things I love about PN is that they don't really they don't subscribe to one type of eating. It's not like 
any of the schools. There's so many schools and nutrition is such a polarizing subject with people's like politics. So everyone's got their school that they love and they, everything else is wrong and we should not do it. Don't listen to those people. They don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that most people would do better to like not subscribe to one of these, um, like the gospel of this nutrition protocol and would just do better to zoom out a little bit and just focus on making better choices because you know, the, most of the the schools that are so extreme, like the keto and the intermittent fasting and the paleo and, uh, high fat, high fat, high protein, the carnivore, like there's so many, and they're all very conflicting in in many cases. So how do you know what's right? And the answer is that it's different for everybody. Like there is no one perfect way to eat because the perfect way for him is different than the perfect way for me is different than the perfect way for you. And perfect isn't really even what we're going for. So I think that when it comes to my clients, at least, and, and myself, the way that I like to tackle nutrition is to just guide people and educate them not on and say like, follow this protocol or anything. And that's again, one of the things I love about precision nutrition is that they just provide knowledge. Here's the science. Here's what we know. Here's what the research shows. Hmm. Take this information and make your, make the choices that are right for you. And I think that's what most people should be doing instead of, you know, reading this social media post and being like, this is it. That's what I got to do. This is the, this is the magic pill. And so um, I think that, you know, knowledge is power. And then of course, like we talked about earlier, taking action. And one of the things I like to do for, for my clients is just provide them with the knowledge, encourage them to make the choices, make better choices and do them consistently. Because that's another thing that people struggle with is, is staying consistent with whatever it is they're going to do. So I do a lot of work on habit coaching and tracking in the app as well. So that over time, because, you know, small changes implemented consistently over time lead to very significant results. And so that's the way that I like to tackle nutrition. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, And that that was kind of the big difference we found too, was we found a book called The Plan by by Lynn Janae Resitas. And she, it's kind of in, kind of like an elimination diet, but it's, it's designed to help you find the foods that work for your body and not necessarily eat asparagus because everybody says asparagus is good. Well, it may work for me, but it doesn't work for my wife. And so it's an involved process. It takes time, but trying to find those foods for us that don't make our stomachs upset, that don't make us retain weight the next day or gain weight or, or feel like crap the next day is kind of the focus that she has with it. So. Yeah. And I mean, there are certain things out there that we know that you shouldn't be having like those crazy energy drinks like um, like Red Bull or Bang, yeah. those things, yeah. right? Those are not good for you. Um, a lot of uh, added sugar, also not good for you. Um, but it's uh, and, but to say that, you know, you shouldn't eat carbs or to say you shouldn't eat you know, these types of fats or anything like that because this other guy or this gal is not doing it. Look, at, look how shredded they are. Mm-hmm. It may not necessarily work that way for you. Yeah, I'm generally not in favor of of like avoiding any one food or entire food group. I think that that's generally misguided. I think that there is a place, like you said, you know, carbs seems to, to, this, this decade it's carbs last decade. It was fat um, (laughs) foods that were food groups were fearing. So I think that there's a place for, for all of that and in a healthy diet. And I don't think that elimination of an entire, unless there's a food allergy, of course, but that would be the only case where I would say avoid an entire food group or an entire food is if there's an an allergy to it. But I think in general elimination or taking extreme measures is unsustainable. Um, And so when it comes to making long-term habit changes, we want to look at what's, what's going to be sustainable for, for life. 
And if it's if it's implying a, a 30 day, like there's a timeline on it, it's mm-hmm. it's not going to work because what's going to happen after those 30 days are up, you're going to go right back to like what you were doing before. And then every all the changes you made are going to slowly go back to where, where you were before. <laughs> so when it comes to, to that, it's really what what can you implement and then what can you sustain? Yep. That sounds great. That sounds great. So one last question. What does a typical day look like for the two of you right now? Right now? <laughs> right now is a little, it, right now is a little, uh, With say your launch of your new program and things like that. And I can imagine. We, wish it's a more we had more hours in the day right yeah. now, but, um, we are doing pretty well to still maintain our, our workouts and, uh, take some time with each other whenever she makes, or I make food. We'll switch back and forth, but we'll sit down and eat and just kind of put things away, put the phones away and, and, and talk a little bit, just not business related, just, um, you know, remember, just remind ourselves that we're still married uh, yeah. and not just business partners. So that's, <laughs> that's a good, a good time of the day. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been very, very busy, but it's so rewarding because of the community we're building. Uh, as you know, as you're, you're part of it and it's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a grow. It's like a little baby. We don't have any kids, but that's like our little baby. Sure, sure. Yeah, okay, so What's that? Anything else to add? Um, yeah, if, I mean, if you're looking for like what our, our typical day looks like, it's getting up. Um, it's funny because when when we were apart, I, we both will get up pretty early because he has PT three times a week and he has to get up, you know, be there, be on campus at five forty five a.m. But it, when we're together now, it's like we're staying up so much later because we're just in it we get in the, in the flow and we just, before we know it, it's 11 PM. So going to bed a little later than we would like these last few weeks, just with the launch of the membership and all that. But sure. uh, a lot of, a lot of work. We too try to every hour at the top of the hour, we get up from our chairs and come into the, <laughs> our little living room is also like get a little blood flow going kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. a little recording studio slash living room here and we'll do, 20 reps of squats or five inch worms or push-ups or something just to stop sitting so much and get up and gotcha. get the blood flowing. So we're pretty consistent with that. And then at some point in the day, either midday or late afternoon, we'll get our workout. And if it's nice out, we go outside. But um, besides that, it's, he's over here on this side of the room. I'm at the, <laughs> the kitchen table over here and we'll have our little workstation or glued to our computers. Um, I've got, you know, some checking calls with my clients throughout the day. He's got work calls. So we, check in with our schedules. What time are you on calls? What time am I on calls? And make sure we're not conflicting. If we are, one of us goes in the other room sure. and we just make it work in yeah. our little apartment right now. Till yeah. we move. But I think that's actually a pretty, a, a pretty cool thing. Cause we get to experience what a lot of our members are experiencing, which is yeah. you know, a busy lifestyle, uh, trying to do everything from home or even if they're, or they're, if they're back in their office mm-hmm. and living that, uh, that experience of what they're experiencing allows us to kind of program our exercises a little, or our workouts a little better and yeah. gives a little more perspective because if um you know if we program for someone or if we if we if we're saying that we're doing this and you can do this anywhere anytime then uh and we know that we can uh, that we're busy but we can still do it then we know that you know that, that's something that our, our members can do as well and we're not programming something or making something that our members can't do so it's a good experience to be able to go through this with our members as well yeah we've so. been doing workout of the day ourselves the last yeah. week or so just because <laughs> we're so busy we don't want to go on campus we work out in the like outdoor gym area and we'll gotcha. you know it's a 15 minute drive there and we'll work out for an hour and a half it's like a two-hour thing so on our busier days we don't have time we take yeah. our kettlebells and yeah <laughs> take these bad boys go right outside the big grass area up front 
and we'll just do the workout of the day outside. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds great. Well, anything else? Any final thoughts? I think that we covered a lot yeah. of ground last awesome. hour. Yeah, some good questions. I like that. Yeah. 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 I try. I try anyway. So, well, I really, really appreciate you, you both coming on and you both have a great story and I'm, and I'm excited to be a part of the program and, and uh, see, see where you can take it and see where it can go from here. And just, I, I mean, don't uh, feel free to call me out on the carpet a little bit, please. And that kind of thing. But uh, you know, my goals are to, I've never been like an upper body strength person. So that's always been my, my struggle. I was cross country runner in high school and runner in college. And, and then triathlon doesn't necessarily require a lot of upper body strength either. So that's always been my struggle is, is getting to the point where I can do things like pull-ups and stuff like that. So that's my biggest goal out of all this is getting, and I was getting close last summer, but, and then we fell off the face of the earth. So um, so that's one of my goals is getting to the point of being able to do some decent pull-ups and then getting back into running and things like that as well so that I can get those runners a little bit of, I need to be able to run to a certain extent. I just want to be able to get to get back to that point again. So those are kind of my goals that I'll lay out there for now, but. Love it. Well, check out the pull-up program that's okay. uh, in, the, in the programs library. It's an eight week program just geared toward helping people either get their first pull-up if they've never done it or okay. improve, you know, quantity and, and quality of pull-ups. So it's a very comprehensive, mostly upper body focused, a little bit of lower body, but I'd say 90% upper body. Uh, great program. I've had some people that have done it, have had a lot of success with increasing awesome. their pull-ups. Okay. Are you uh, going to be, uh, you say you're going to be traveling with a camper? Yeah, fifth uh, wheel camper. Yep. yep. Are you, is there a way to attach a pull-up bar to that thing on the outside? I don't know. I've got to look at that. I'm just not sure about hanging that much weight off the side of it kind of a thing yeah. Yeah, but i might yeah. i might be able to do workarounds on it and be able to so there's like the pin in the front that hooks up to the mm -hmm. truck i might be able to hang something off of that yeah. at least enough to to do something along those lines so i got to play with that i will definitely yeah. think about that though you yeah can go. you can patent that and you can, you can give it to <laughs> all the people who are going to be traveling there you go there you go yeah yeah <laughs> yep yep so all right. Well, I really appreciate it. And I thank you for coming on the podcast and, and everybody out there, go take a look at Semper Stronger on Instagram, uh, Rebecca Rouse, uh, Joella Blades, and uh, they've got a lot of great content and a lot of great things out there. So I really appreciate it. And thanks for coming on. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem.